0: You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League,
1: powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Monday edition. I hope everyone had a great weekend. We have got some news around the league to get to as we're waiting for that Salary cap number and waiting for maybe potentially a lot more access to fall around the NFL and players becoming free agents. And this offseason, man, twists and turns. And there's, I'm sure, to be plenty more when, you know, trades and and how this draft process is going to go. And we're seeing pro days now starting to ramp up. Very exciting stuff happening in the NFL. We'll get to the latest notes around the league concerning some veteran players, some retirements potentially, uh, the direction of the Philadelphia Eagles. And... Draft ditties. let's talk NFC North today Matt how do you feel about that I like it
1: I like it it's funny because
0: before right before we went on the
1: air to pull back the curtain I was kind of like hey BP what do you think there wasn't a lot going on this weekend but then you started kind of talking about them and there's a lot of rumblings I would say you know like this is rumored to happen and these guys are talking and this guy might retire and like kind of the not the calm before the storm but like the stirring before the storm you know it's it's coming soon
0: and we're starting to get some info leaked out of buildings because right now every team is in preparation mode and nothing can be put, put into action quite yet until they know the salary cap number then we'll find out if there are actually more free agents on the market then free agency is you know a week away now essentially when that that window can start to happen for tampering on the 15th and 17th is when the league year begins and free agency can actually begin and teams can start signing will it go slow will it go fast some teams have a lot of cap space a lot of teams have zero or negative cap space so i mean there's so much still to come and that salary cap number has to get figured out and i think there must be some conversations going on between the nflpa and the league and the owners and tons of stuff happening right now there as well trying to figure out what that number will even be
1: yeah i would think if I'm a GM or director of pro personnel or a cap guy, I would have liked that a couple of weeks ago. And now nice. I'm starting to get a little frustrated. Like, Hey, can we really need this number? I mean, we, are trying to build a plan here, but meanwhile, you go talk to your owner about it and he's like, well, we're having all these huge conversations that are about billions and gajillions of dollars. We'll get to you in a minute. <laughs> you know?
0: Right. Yeah. And there's been what one franchise tag utilized and the franchise tag deadline is coming up, but you can't tag people unless you know what the cap is so I think that has to get pushed back and that might you know slow everything down so uh, there's just so much up in the air happening by the way a big note here on the Bears that happened that came down Friday this report from uh, I saw the the article from PFT but I think they're referencing a different report for the Chicago Bears and by the way we will talk with the host of Locked On Bears Lauren Cox on Thursday's yeah. show we're going to talk Broncos Wednesday with Cody Rourke the host of Locked On Broncos. Those are two very interesting teams to me and I can't wait to get uh, in the mind of those hosts and and try to figure out what the direction is with those two teams, because uh, those two teams could both go a lot of ways, especially the Broncos. I really have no feel for what the Broncos are going to do this off season with the number nine pick. I had them trading up in the draft for a quarterback. Uh, McShay had them moving down and letting another team move up to get a quarterback. So do they need a quarterback? Do they not? That's, you know, that's number one for a brand new GM. Uh, We don't really know exactly how Peyton's going to do things there. So, uh, so that's a fascinating team. So Broncos Wednesday bears Thursday, And tomorrow, of course, is our two-minute drill, our Twitter Tuesday episode. So at BD Peacock is where you can find me, at Williamson NFL, tag us, respond to the tweet that Matt is going to throw out there, I'm sure, when we're done recording here, and get involved in that mailbag for Tuesday's episode. But let's start with this. I want your thoughts on this one. This report was about the Chicago Bears. Uh, Brad Biggs had the original report of the Chicago Tribune that the Bears are prioritizing trading for russell wilson as their number one option like that that's what they're going all out for and if that can't happen only then will the rest of their plans at quarterback come into place what do you think about the chicago bears going all out for russell wilson in trade
1: it's interesting because whenever he listed that as one of his teams i was kind of like boy one of these things isn't like the other like why why is he interested in the bears and I heard Robert Mays' podcast actually over the weekend. Who's a big Bears guy and he's from that area, and had a real strong inclination that Wilson realizes that he can go down as the Bears' best quarterback in history. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it, and that division isn't all that daunting. You know, like with respect to the Packers, they're they're quite good, but getting past the Vikings or the Lions right now isn't nearly the hurdle that the NFC West is like. You don't have to squint too hard of Wilson going to Chicago, being a Ditka-like icon and be like the best quarterback in their history.
0: And I also have to imagine that someone like Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy, the GM and coach in Chicago, saw that report and saw that their team was on there and were like, oh, sweet. Like our team's on there. Yeah, cool. right. Let's well, yeah. let's do this then, right?
1: Absolutely. Let's- I mean, yeah, if you're interested in us, we're definitely interested in you. And I've been kind of like your report, I'm sure the Bears' ownership was like, hey, if this guy's interested in us, let's do everything possible to make that happen. But I mentioned this a couple of shows ago. Like, when that name came out, what could the Bears put together? Because, first of all, I don't think Seattle loves draft picks. And this pick this year isn't a premium first-rounder. And if you give them Russell Wilson, you're probably getting first-round picks in the 20s going forward. Do you need Khalil Mack? I would think he'd have to be part of it, and I would think that Carroll would be interested in Mack. I mean, do you need? I don't know. I mean, David Montgomery, but that doesn't carry much weight in this in this equation. Do you? How about Jalen Johnson? I'm trying to think young, cheap guys.
0: Yeah, young, cheap guys. A lot of draft picks, I'm sure. Uh, The Las Vegas Raiders were another team on his list, and they're picking 17th, so they're not going to get. Of the teams on the list, they. Who was the other? Yeah, the Saints are twenty picking twenty eight. Uh, mm-hmm. The only team in the top ten was the Cowboys. They're probably going to end up with Dak, so that's probably not going to be an option anyway. So seventeenth is the earliest pick they could get this year with one of those other three teams if one of those trades was to happen. And I don't think the Saints can afford him anyway. So it becomes the Raiders or the Bears as far as his list goes. And can they maximize their return, to Seattle, if they're only negotiating with those two teams? I still think they probably could. And what would that return be? Would they like something like we had talked about on Friday's show, or was it Thursday? I can't remember last week when we talked about this quite a bit with the Raiders. You know, do they like car? plus picks, plus rugs or whatever the Raiders Mm -hmm. can offer better than Khalil Mack and and no quarterback solution because they'd be picking 20th. So that's a big hiccup, I think, for the Bears trading for him is if you're Seattle, you want to be able to figure out quarterback, right? So unless you're going to flip those picks for Deshaun Watson, what is the plan if you're getting the best pick, the highest pick you know that you're getting is the 20th overall?
1: Yeah, right. I mean, where does Seattle's quarterback come from if you make a deal with the Bears? You know, like... Uh, and I don't see Pete Carroll tanking and saying, you know, let's throw it in this year and get an early pick next year. Uh, unless they have a, a deal on the side. You know, you know, part two of the deal is we're at Houston. We're going to trade you all of these picks we get from Chicago and we're going to end up with Watson somehow. And there's some spare change here and there. And in the end, they end up with Khalil Mack and Deshaun Watson and still don't have any first rounders. Okay. You
0: know, Tons of news and notes on quarterbacks, as has been the case pretty much every episode we've done here this offseason, Matt. Uh, I want to get to the Philadelphia Eagles, a couple of good nuggets there. But first, how about this one from John Clayton reporting that it looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick will retire from the NFL after limited interest in free agency. My first thought there is, uh, wait. The tampering period hasn't even started yet. How does he know exactly what free agency <laughs> looks like? Right. So no one's uh, allowed to call it. Yeah. How, how is that happening yet? But um what do you think? Brian Fitzpatrick, could the Fitz magic be over in the NFL? That startled me
1: because it's not like he's had a litany of injuries or, you know, an Alex Smith situation where you're really worried about his personal well-being or anything like that. Um We mentioned, you know, we're going to have uh, Cody on on Wednesday. I think he said Wednesday for we talk Denver. Yes, yeah. I thought that would be an obvious landing spot. We were just talking bears. I mean, you could do okay with Fitzpatrick and Kyle Trask, you know, and see how that goes for a year or something like that. Um, I just think there will be landing spots. It's just the – the peop- there's a lot of seats in the musical chair environment mm-hmm. right now, and soon they'll start getting more full, and half of them are already full. I get that. But I just think Washington, Chicago, Denver – could do a lot worse than Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one year deal until and push the can down the road of where to find your quarterback
0: any team that's drafting a quarterback getting a, a veteran player in there like Fitzpatrick there's a number of teams i could see him being a fit maybe the thing is he's realizing okay this is i'm going to be you know a second probably third or fourth wave free agent and i'm not going to get a lot of money in this offseason we just laid out how this could be really rough on some teams does he want to come back and play for you know near veteran minimum which is what backup quarterbacks i think are going to get offered this offseason so that might be a big factor too maybe he'll have interest it's just not going to be that you know significant backup quarterback money that we've seen in years past
1: yeah and you would think that and i guess it wasn't a formal announcement but you would think this news would come out a month from now after the right. wave or two of free agency happened and you know nobody came a call in or they're gonna offer you two million a year or something like that. And he's like, ah, I got plenty of the bank. I'm just gonna go hang and relax and give this thing up. But I don't know. I mean, if I'm Denver eight million a year to Fitz and you know, roll it back and let him throw to Sutton and Judy and et cetera, et cetera, that's not so bad.
0: And by the way, after seeing how he performed in Miami, wouldn't the Dolphins want him back? Yeah,
1: I've kind of got word that those two get along great, but I think there is value to getting the competition out of the building, showing the world too as your guy, right. giving the youngster more confidence. Even though it's not like Fitzpatrick was a a bad you know influence on him or anything like that. Like people forget, like the reason, from what I understand, the reason Steve Smith was let go of Carolina back in the day was. He was a really big personality and it was time to be Cam's team. You know, like we've seen some of that in Seattle, like Mm -hmm. eventually you got to hand it to the quarterback and get a couple of the roadblocks out of the way, or some of the old guard out of the way and just show the world that this is your guy.
0: Yeah. And I get the idea of, Tua, you know, not wanting to look over his shoulder or you not wanting Mm -hmm. Tua to look over his shoulder, even if it sounds like he would be cool with Fitzpatrick coming back. It's his team. You know, if he throws one interception, the fans don't turn on him and start asking for Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's not in the building anymore. and There's not that option for the coaching staff to say, oh, we've got this fallback. We've got this parachute in Fitzpatrick. If Tua does have a bad game, you got to you got to give it hand it over to Tua if they don't make some other big trade and end up with Sean Watson or something in Miami. Got to hand it over to Tua and let him go.
1: Yeah. But I guess that's a fine line too. Like you don't want it to be Denver and Locke a year ago, where that's all you got. You know, right. what if Tua does stumble and it's time to bring in somebody to save your season, or he gets, or who's his backup? You know, what I mean, you still should bring somebody in.
0: Maybe just a different backup, maybe an Andy Dalton or yeah. somebody, yeah. just so you have that player. But it's not Fitzpatrick who they saw play well last year, and there's still some unknowns. So you're not just so quick that's, you know, if you're you're not so quick for the fan base to say, hey, we've already seen what Fitzpatrick can do. Just go back to him. Because we went on a lot of games with him last year.
1: Sure. And he's a super fan favorite and, you know, easy to root for. I think that hurts Cam Newton a little bit too. Like if Denver would have brought in Cam Newton last year, that's a big presence. You know what I mean? Like everyone in the world's going to think he's your starter. Like Cam Newton, I always think of as he has to play like a starter because he's not going to just sit there on the bench in his fancy clothes and not make a, not be a, a noticeable symbol. You know what I mean? Like, that's a big presence
0: as they say if you have two quarterbacks you really have none which leads me to the conversation about the philadelphia eagles and second year quarterback jalen hurts and maybe we got some insight into their plans next the 2020 season is over but there's plenty to bet on at betonline.ag when it comes to sports and football and nfl football we've got nfl draft props but maybe the funnest thing i think it's super bowl sunday and march madness are the best times to bet on sports throughout the year so this month is going to be fun and we didn't get the tournament last year it is tourney time march madness get in on the action at betonline.ag sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code locked on for your 50 percent welcome bonus don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code On to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, thanks heating up for the Philadelphia Eagles, and they're way over the cap. Bad situation there. Um, they're going to have to cut some... Players probably still, once we find out what that cap number is, already uh, some exodus there. We've seen Carson Wentz get traded already, and the next looks like it's going to be Zach Ertz. And uh, they are listening to offers, and sounding like that's coming close. Maybe in the next couple of days, Zach Ertz might be on his way out, and apparently there are multiple teams interested in Zach Ertz services, as there probably should be, right? And they've got Dallas Goddard, and they have to re-sign him too. So clearly both of those tight ends weren't coming back to Philly in the long term.
1: Yeah, I mean, they need to trim some fat, um, and Ertz makes a ton of sense. I think Goddard's a better player. He's way more affordable. He's, you know, for the future as opposed to now. I'm not sure what Ertz has left, but I do know that there's many examples of crafty, smart tight ends that get a lot out of their late years, you know, that are Mm -hmm. good route runners, that are smart and understanding coverages, I never thought Ertz was the best athlete in the league and you know he, that he had some of that to his game to begin with. So in a way, I'm a little shocked he wasn't dealt with Wentz to Indy.
0: Actually, yeah, come to think of it, he would have been a nice fit in Indy and maybe yeah. they wanted too much in return. So we'll see what they end up getting for Zach Ertz. But you're right, tight ends can hang around for a long time. One thing Ertz doesn't have is not really a great blocker because that's usually one of the other things no. that – uh, tight ends that hang out forever can do. You know, wit- the Wittens of the world, they're still pretty good blockers, but he, he's just smooth. They can get open and can catch the football. And so, you know, uh, he would be a nice fit for, I think, a lot of teams. We'll see what teams are willing to give up because I think a lot of things with the trade market, I think a lot of players that would normally get traded or not get cut at all might end up getting cut this offseason because they can't find a trade market for the player. And Nobody wants to pay that salary either, and they can't afford the salary even though the contract isn't that out of control, and it's in line with what players would normally get paid. It's just that you got to start cutting some of your expensive players that don't have a big cap hit left when they're in the last couple years of their contract.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to unpeel there. I'm curious what some of these guys demand. It's not a great free agent tight end class. Like I think... Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith are going to make some good bucks. You know, a team like the Jags could jump all over them and pay them well. But the, you know, it's not a tremendous tight end draft. You're only one team's getting Kyle Pitts, so there's probably ten teams that could use help at the tight end position and a potential starter or rotational player. Is Ertz going to fit that bill? But then, if you trade for him, you got to fit his contract in your in your whole situation too. So. I am. I don't have a great prediction for the tight end market or Ertz and specifically, but I am real curious how it shakes out.
0: It feels like that's the way it's going to go with free agency. The top guys at each position group are going to get paid and get yeah. pretty much on line with what you would normally get most off seasons as long as one of those teams with cap space is interested in you. And then everybody else is going to have to settle you know, backloaded contracts, one year deals. And the, after the first day or so of free agency, it might slow to a halt for a lot of players that expect a lot more money and have to wait it out.
1: Yeah. You might be dead on on that. There might be the desired guys. There's enough teams that have a lot of money that they're going to get theirs. I mean, Alan Robinson's not going to be in the poor house and Hunter Henry and these guys plus some more franchise dudes, but then I don't know if there'll be much of a middle-class in free
0: agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where, and that's backup quarterbacks this is going to be another one. Like that's the Fitzpatrick yeah. thing is like, yeah, you, you want to play for a million and a half bucks. Sure. But it's about, that's about I wonder if the get. word
1: around the league or agents are getting the vibe that people aren't going to spend for backup quarterbacks this year. Like this might be, I mean, if we have to cut corners, I'm not going to have the Mariota on my roster. You yeah, know what I mean, right? Like, and that's I'm why I have a hard enough yeah. time getting my starting 22 out there.
0: The Raiders need to do something. You're going to pay Carr and Mariota another year. Like, pick one and, and move the other guy. Yeah, right, right, right. How about this one? Uh, from Chris Mortenson, ESPN, the Eagles. And owner, specifically Jeffrey Lurie, wants to build around Jalen Hurts this year and prioritize making him successful in 2021. And it's not to say that maybe coach and GM might be into some other options, at quarterback. It sounds like this is coming from the top top. And Jeffrey Lurie saying, "Okay, you drafted your second round quarterback last year. This is going to be our guy this year. Let's build around him. So it sounds like uh, if that's the case, then definitely no quarterback for the Eagles at number six.
1: I think that makes a lot of sense for this year. I mean, I think he showed enough as a rookie to give him that opportunity. Kind of like we mentioned with Tua, hand him the ball and say, you're the guy from day one, opening day starter. You don't have reporters asking the new coach, oh, who's getting reps? Who's going to run with the ones this week? And who's going to get yeah. the start in week one? You know, like it's Shalen. He's the guy. And he's going to throw to Chase or Pitts or Devontae Smith or somebody like that that you add in this draft. I think that's the right move, with the hope that you can have a, a, a first year contract quarterback where it doesn't eat your cap up.
0: You know, that's absolutely right. And if you do bring in another quarterback, that's you know an, a lost opportunity to add other pieces to your team to build around one of those two quarterbacks and there's obviously the salary cap we know they're going to be worse the eagles are because they're just gonna have to lose veterans because of the cap situation that they're in on top of that so they're gonna add maybe they've already done some things where they added more voidable years and kick that can down the road a little bit that might be uh, as much as they can do there and and wiggle around the cap so um it's a team that is not headed in a direction to oh let's draft another quarterback and get that guy killed or you know and be worse like what's the point of Continuing to be bad at quarterback, pick one, go with that guy in the short term, build around him, see what you got. Uh, And in a lot of ways, I think quarterback is valuable at the sixth pick. And I talked about this a lot with my mock draft for a lot of the teams in the four to seven area where, okay, you can make the argument they're not going to draft a quarterback and they don't need a quarterback. I think in this draft class, especially more than any other. The quarterback position might still be the most valuable piece when you're on the clock, which tells me uh, you should probably be trading out of there or taking a quarterback for yourself. So if you don't want the quarterback, uh, I gotta believe a team like the Eagles would be very willing to listen to trade offers when they are in the clock at pick six.
1: Yeah, I would think there's plenty of teams. You know, we've talked about Denver and um, Carolina, and what about a Washington or a Chicago or a New England or someone's a little further down the board that gives you a bunch of stuff for the future. That, that might be a nice way to get yourself out of cap hell, too, is bring in a lot of early picks over the next two years or so.
0: Absolutely. I think that's probably a good plan no matter what, <laughs> even if the, you're right. not in mean, an yeah. odd pandemic low cap number year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And for them, considering their cap situation, their quarterback situation, it might be perfect timing to get
0: all that done. The NFC North, we've got. But hurts better hit. Yeah, I don't know that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's totally different. Competition. You drafted him because you believed. You wouldn't have drafted him that high, right? And and I think the and it might end up a situation like the the Denver Broncos with Locke because the second round's high enough to draft a quarterback to where you still think that, you know, maybe you got a late one value in a guy and that you you draft him for a reason there. You're drafting starters at that point in the draft, so if you're comfortable drafting a quarterback in the second round, that means you think you have a pretty good shot of getting a starting quarterback there. There's no reason to just bury the guy after one year, especially when he mm. held his head above water as a rookie and, and showed some flashes, so you, you almost have to go that route if you're Philly, right? Otherwise, what are you even doing and why is that GM still making selections for you?
1: Right, right, and I didn't like Hertz much coming out of college, to be honest with you, and I didn't really understand the pick at the time. But if I'm gonna excuse Wentz for having no offensive line and all kinds of turmoil, you got to give the same excuse yep. for Hertz as well, too. You know, give him a real shot. Absolutely. Go into the season healthy with, you know, a, a real offensive line and another weapon.
0: Matt Williamson's draft ditties. One note on every team in the NFL draft, the NFC North is up today. We'll check in on the Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings next. March Madness is here, and the folks at Built Bar are joining in, uh, urged on by us in our Locked On Network DMs, arguing about which is the best Built Bar flavor. Well, now we've got a bracket to really hash things out. I'm Team Peanut Butter, like the entire Peanut Butter family for me so we've got some play-in rounds this week round of 16 next week round of eight the following week uh final four then april 2nd the built bar championship which flavor of built bars will reign supreme today's matchups are matchup number one apple almond crisp versus churro puff an interesting one i don't that one's really hard for me to say who i think will win that but uh matchup two is quite easy the raspberry flavor is fine it's actually really good in fact i think either team in the matchup number two would beat either team in matchup number one but for me peanut butter brownie uh, that is the runaway winner here for me in matchup number two what is your favorite flavor of built bar go to builtbar.com and vote find bar underscore built on twitter to make your voice heard and go pick yourself up a box of built bars with promo code locked on 20 for 20 percent off for those listeners who are not familiar with the draft ditties, and shame on you if you haven't listened to this show or listened, or read Matt's writings for the last— How long have you been doing draft ditties, by the way?
1: Uh, I would say this is my fifth year in Fifty. a row for Draft Digest that I, I do all the team needs and some things for their publication each year. But gotcha. I always put them on the air here first for you guys. Yeah, yeah
0: you get a little bonus material here, but you still got to check out the draft digest and find out Matt Williamson's team needs. But when you're doing those team needs, when you're researching for the draft, Matt, right. You just kind of stare at the draft history and you look for some trends. So what kind of trends do you see in the NFC North?
1: Yeah. And Chicago's a, I actually have two here. I never put two down. Um, 2018 was the last time the bears made a first round pick and their average starting draft position over the past two years is 58th overall. So this kind of correlates a little with our Russell Wilson conversation. Like uh, they haven't really had premium draft picks. So they're kind of used to it. They're, they'll be probably pretty willing to move their picks, especially for a guy like Wilson. And then this one's a little disturbing to me is the bears have also selected just three offensive linemen in the first four rounds, rounds one, two, three, four since 2013, only three of them. Like that, that's five elevenths of your offense.
0: That's a surprising one. Yeah, yeah, that is quite surprising. First of all, it's bad business. You right. <laughs> you need to draft some flat, offensive linemen. Look, and if you're hitting on later picks, that's fine too because maybe that's informing you to not need to draft because you're solid because you have a lot of, you know, good players up front that you did well and you drafted well, but um, you know, that's nearly a decades worth of not drafting very many offensive linemen uh, in the first 4 rounds. By the way, you said the note about 2018. So 2017 was Trubisky. Who did they draft Mm -hmm. in 2018? Or or were you Uh, saying Trubisky was the last one and 2018 was the first pick traded for Mac? Right,
1: right, right, right. Okay, so that's 100% right. It's gone
0: back to Trubisky since they drafted uh, a first-round player.
1: Right, right. So, So yeah, I mean, Cole Komet was their first one last year.
0: That's similar to, say, a team like the Seahawks who drafted, you know, LJ Collier and Penny. It's like... Why not trade those first round picks if that's what you're going to do? If you're just going to draft <laughs> Trubisky, why not trade those first round picks anyway? So maybe that's why Chicago and some of those other teams are where they are with trading away their first round picks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they've traded up a lot, which in general isn't good business.
0: And if they trade for Russell Wilson, they could be in the same boat as the Los Angeles Rams and not have a first round pick for seven years.
1: Yeah. It could go that way. I mean, without question.
0: Detroit Lions, what do you see there with their uh, draft trends?
1: I think this is noteworthy because I think there's a really good chance that they draft a receiver in this draft with their first pick. But in their past 10 drafts, uh, the Lions have selected a tight end in the first round twice, Ebron and Hawkinson. That in itself is a little strange. But they haven't used a first rounder on another offensive skill position during that time. You know, There was that huge stretch where it was – Roy Williams and Calvin Johnson and Big Mike Williams and then the two tight ends. And then they've now they've really ignored the other skill positions, which I I think will change.
0: I wonder if there's some PTSD there with the Lions because they did that wide receiver in the first round four straight years. Matt Millen is like, what are you doing? I get Calvin Johnson's amazing, but. Come on, you can't do it for four years in a row. And the fourth one they finally hit on and have a Hall of Famer in Calvin Johnson. But I have to imagine there was just, you know, organizationally, it was like, look, I'm hiring you as GM. You can't draft a wide receiver. You can't do it. I'm sorry. You can't draft a first round wide receiver. That's the rules.
1: It probably comes from ownership, you know, like the Fords are like, uh, we've been down that road. Do not, when in doubt, do not take the, the wide out. And we talk so that about, could change this
0: year. We talk about a lot of uh, organizational philosophies, like it was the New York Giants haven't drafted a first round linebacker since Carl Banks in 1984. I think it's maybe the opposite in Detroit about wide receivers.
1: Yes, good point. And actually it leads me to Green Bay here too, because there's been a lot of talk that no, they never used a first round pick on Aaron Rodgers. Poor Aaron Rodgers has never thrown to first round picks, and and there's some truth to that. But how about taking it a little bit further since 2011, which is 10 years now, basically, the Packers have drafted a wide receiver inside the top three rounds, only twice, Devontae Adams and Ty Montgomery. Day one or two pick on wide receivers, only Adams and Montgomery since 2011.
0: Yeah, and the Packers have been one of those teams where, speaking of organizational philosophy, not taking first-round wide receivers, they've been so good at getting good receivers outside of the first round that why would you? And you've mm-hmm. actually seen a lot of draft uh, trends and draft draft data that would suggest that maybe you shouldn't be drafting first round wide receivers, period. And day two is a really good area to start doing that. And the Packers have seen, you know, Greg Jennings out of what was it, Western uh, Michigan? Is that where Western Greg Jennings Michigan, came yeah. from? Um, James um, Jones. Yeah, James uh, Jones. Who am I talking on? Uh,
1: Nelson. Nelson's, Nelson's probably 30, the best. Jordy Nelson Yeah,
0: Kansas State, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, why would you? And they didn't have a need at wide receiver for so many years because they drafted so well outside of the first round.
1: Right and, and the pick that if I would go back one more year, they, it was Randall Cobb, who worked out pretty well for them. Yeah. They used a day two pick on Cobb in 2010, I think it was. You know, the draft that before this, but there's been a lot. I mean, I bet they use a wide receiver draft pick on day one or two this year.
0: I don't know, but I thought this. I thought they were even more likely last year. last year than this year. Right. They went and drafted a quarterback instead of a wide receiver, like everybody. And expected. Running back and right, right. So uh, who knows? I, I would probably. Take the under on, on wherever you place the first wide receiver being drafted by the Packers this year.
1: You're right. I mean, some of these organizations tell you decades worth of information to say that probably isn't going to be the direction we go.
0: Right. Absolutely. Actually, I, I guess I would take the over then, right? The the higher number, the later draft pick.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. a fourth rounder or whatever.
0: Interesting. And yeah, it's finishing um, up with the Minnesota Vikings, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, and we know Kirk Cousins is their quarterback now. They traded for Bradford at one point. But in the last nine draft classes, they've only drafted two quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater, which, you know, kind of worked out, kind of didn't injuries. He's still in the league. We know that. And Nate Stanley. I mean, there's a, an argument to be made. You should draft a quarterback every year or at least every other year. They've drafted two in nine draft classes. One of them's Nate Stanley. And oh, by the way, they had like 400 draft picks last year.
0: We're out of time here, but Luke Braun from Locked on Vikings is another host that I want to have on the show with us to talk about Mm. some of these things. And part of the problem in a lot of cases is GMs and head coaches are tied to what's going on right now, and they can't afford to rebuild because they need to keep their jobs. And so when you look at a team like the Vikings, and I heard an argument recently that made a lot of sense, It's like, look, if the right quarterback's there at 14 for you or even trading up for a quarterback um, like Kirk Cousins is fine, but you were what, seven and nine last year, and they're not going to be markedly better. You know, they're not going to just roll into the playoffs with 12 or 13 wins out of nowhere. I don't think that's just not the direction right now that that roster is going for the Vikings. Wouldn't it be much smarter to get that going now and try and develop the next guy and be good in a couple of years than to be mediocre again with Kirk Cousins for the next two, three years?
1: I know we're kind of up against it, but the more I think about it, that's the Mac Jones argument is exactly. I don't love Mac Jones. I don't think you'd love Mac Jones, but if I'm the Vikes and a first round pick costs me Mac Jones, who could get the Cousins level, not I mean that's not squinting too hard. I'm younger at the quarterback position, and I get thirty million dollars.
0: Yeah, <laughs> cheaper is the key there. Yeah, and that's that's the, that's right. the biggest co- comparison. I think that's the the perfect player I would compare Mac Jones to is you hope yeah. you're getting you know a Kirk Cousins type.
1: If I can stay on the same tier of quarterback play get drastically younger and have 30 million to spend elsewhere. Is that worth a mid first round pick?
0: It's a great Instead argument for it. It's 20, a fantastic eight. argument yeah. for it, but I would be willing to bet the Vikings don't look at it that way.
1: I don't think they will either, but I bet some team does yep. with Mac Jones.
0: Yeah. And that's why we're seeing Mac Jones name is, you know, potentially going in the top 10, which I still can't fathom, but who knows I'm preparing right. for that to actually be the case. Cause I've heard it in too many different places now. So somebody's talking about that within the league.
1: And that's one thing we don't talk about enough about, you know, the quarterbacks get overdrafted and there's five in the first round. And the, the beauty is because the difference between Jones and Cousins isn't their play on the field as much as the 30 million I can spend around them,
0: you know? Right. And you're a better team, is especially if he's as good. You're so much better off because of that salary that you're getting. And, uh, you know, and you're getting a young player that can be your quarterback for a while.
1: Right. I mean, I, I know we got to go and I always bring things back to the Steelers, but. Could Mac Jones has played as well as Roethlisberger last year or this upcoming year, and he's nearly 20 years older and $40 million cheaper? <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, you can, <laughs> yeah. it's even harder for the Steelers with a Hall of Fame quarterback there. You know, there's not as many ties to Kirk Cousins in, in Minnesota as there is for Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, but you can absolutely make the same argument for Pittsburgh at 24 if Mac Jones is still on the clock.
1: Right, and then you never lose a free agent for the next five years.
0: And we'll keep Juju and Bud, you know what I mean? Yeah. uh, Juju, Bud, Mac Jones is a better football team than just Ben Roethlisberger this year, probably. Yeah,
1: and your quarterback's 20 years younger. Right.
0: I mean, at least in year two for that rookie quarterback, or that would be the expectation, at least.
1: You would think, right. You know, I mean, maybe they're not transcendent players, but boy, it's nice to have a first contract quarterback.
0: we got to get out of here but that's that's something else that i think is going to happen in this draft class that might push mac jones up that this year maybe not in another year it's just the odd draft cycle that we have and the lack of information and the lack of prospects and tape and lack of big time prospects at other positions that you no doubt want to take ahead of a quarterback that might be Ty goes to the quarterback this year when in other years you have saquon barkley or you know chase young or you know whatever other stud quarterback or a stud player at another position, non-quarterback to select instead. This year you might say, well, you know, we feel really good about this quarterback. And we had a lack of, you know, time and a lack of real connection to any other prospects in this class.
1: Yeah, you're right, right. I and mean, I think everyone just looks at Mac Jones is he's safe. He's from a big program. Maybe he's a double.
0: a uh, faster Tom Brady. It was <laughs> I think it was your <laughs> your old podcast co-host, I believe. In Ross Tucker, who said, "Congratulations for the 19th straight year to uh, a prospect being compared to faster Tom Brady."
1: <laughs> nice, that's good by Ross.
0: And it's happened zero times, so uh, that's that's the caveat. There is like, yeah, I, I, I'm not expecting he's going to be faster Tom Brady, but we'll see if that's what yeah. Mac Jones becomes. <laughs> good stuff. All right, thanks, Matt. Thanks everybody for listening. Be back tomorrow with your questions at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL a Twitter Tuesday right here, Peacock and Williamson.